0: Chala, Perk, Aleph Mishnah Vav One six. There's really two separate topics in this Mishnah, both of which are short in words but fairly involved. So we'll do each one separately. The first uh, is talking about the question of the meisa and the chalita. This is dough that is first scalded with boiling water before making into dough. So we established in the previous Mishnah that for dough to be obligated in in uh, the challah requirement, it has to be baked grain. If you would be taking a dough and boiling it fully, like a bagel, um, where the boiler product is already ready to be eaten, so everyone would agree at that point, it is exempt from the challah requirement because it's not the kind of bread that is baked, it's boiled. Even if you would subsequently go and bake it since it was food after the boiling. Our Mishnah is talking about a question of what happens if you um, prepare the flour in such a way that prior to making it into dough and cooking it, you pre-scald it, it. Uh, meaning that you mix boiling water and flour together to make something which is not actually edible yet, um, but does partially cook the flour. The question is, now that it's been partially cooked with water, does it become exempt from the challah requirement? So the Mishnah says, HaMe'isa, if you have Me'isa, this is where you take flour and pour it into boiling water, and then use that mixture to make dough and bread. There, says the Mishnah Beishamah, I say, it's exempt from the challah requirement. Beishil say, it. no, it's not. It's chayep. Whereas, hachalita, when it comes to a scenario where you have a, like say, a mixing bowl of flour where you pour boiling water into it. So, in the first case of me'isa, it's the flour into water. Here, hachalita, it's water into flour. Um, again, not rendering the mixture edible, but sort of transforming it through the scalding process to make it taste different when you go and bake it. Here, the shittas are flipped. Beishamai mechayven. Beishamai says um, such a dough preparation is cha'iven chala, whereas Beisilla says it's exempt, it's potron. Now, the Gemara ends up saying that there's no way to reconcile these two she- these the difference between the Meisa case and the Chalita case. Both, it's the exact same issue. You have flour that's getting scalded first, and there's a dion that count as cooking to exempt from from Chala or not and therefore by the end of it, it's um, in the end it comes out that Beis Hill and Beis Shammai are consistent in their sheitas, but there are two different Tanayim in these two different sentences laying out contradictory views about who was the Machayev and who was the Poter that is to say either Beis Shammai holds that both Meisa and Chalita are Chayev in challah, or they're both putter, and similarly, Hill holds that they're both putter or both chayev. The problem is just in the Mishnah; it's two different sheets in the time what they said, so we're walking away not sure of who says what. Okay, fine. Uh, that's the first part of the Mishnah. The second part of the Mishnah is a new thing altogether. Here we're talking about preparing a dough which will be used for breads in a I'll call it a, a temple procedure. Based on the procedure, so the two cases are chalos toda and rakike nazir. Now I'm going to explain this according to the barzantor. There are a few shots of exactly what's happening here in this mishnah, but the barzantor's understanding is like the second shot in the Russian and rosh, which is as follows: If a person is preparing dough to be used for his breads and his procedure, I'll explain what kind of breads. Even if that dough isn't um, hectic, is not sanctified. Since his intention is to use it for korban later on, and sanctified bread is exempt from challah, so such a dough preparation will be exempt from challah too. That's the gist of the mishnah. Just the here's the, the backstory to sort of put the pieces together. There are two kinds of persons who, when they bring korbanos, they have to bring bread to the basementish with the korban. They're not really; these are not menachos. These are not going to be meal offerings brought as That's not what's happening here. But rather, chalos toda. These are the loaves that a person brings when he he brings a korban toda. If a person is um, uh, saved from one of four treacherous scenarios in sort of a miraculous way, um, and he has a new lease on life, so those treacherous scenarios can be memorized with the mnemonic chayim, chet yud yud mem, standing for chavush, someone who's imprisoned; yam, someone who traverses the ocean; yisurin, someone who survives. Um, some illness, and the mem stands for midbar, someone it traverses the desert. Um, that such a person is obligated to bring a special Thanksgiving offering called a Toda, which essentially is a korban shlamim. The only difference is that the shlamim you have essentially two nights in a day to eat all the meat of the shlamim, whereas the Toda, you have just one day and one one night and day to eat the meat, and in addition. When you bring your Toda, you have to bring 40 loaves of bread. If there are four different types of breads, um, 10 loaves of each, and one of each of the types, meaning a total of four different loaves, you give to the Kohen. Okay? So that's the Chalos Toda. And the Rakike Nazir is kind of the same story. When a person finishes his Nazir's process, um, having committed to st- steer clear of becoming tummy from dead bodies and from great products. And with the end of his process he has to bring a series of carbonos. He actually brings three carbonos. He will bring um, an Ola and the chattas from a sheep. And he also brings a shlamim, yes, a shlamim as uh, which is from an isle from a ram. When he with that shlamim, with that peace offering that's the isle, the ram, he has to bring two different kinds of breads, um, both of which are are matzah, but in any case, two different types of breads, ten loaves each, and of those two types, he gives one of each, one loaf of each to the Kohen. So, our mission is here saying that if a person is preparing the dough to be used um, for his loaves with his todah offering or with his nazir offering, so if it's a son atzmo, if he's making it for his own personal toda or nazir offering so then that dough preparation is patur it's exempt from the halal obligation now this is true even if he didn't he wasn't um maktish. he didn't already designate this dough to be hektish. certainly if he if he took the flour and said this is going to be designated as hektish, for the sake of my korban, so for sure it will be exempt because hektish um, is already exempt from from challah. Uh, just a technical point: the, in case you're familiar, the kedushas haguf, the intrinsic kedusha that is invested in these breads, only occurs after their respective korban is shechted. So after one, you know, Shechs the shlamim in the in the in the case of the nazir, or Shechs the toda in the case of the toda. At that point, the loaves become a hectish is a guf, and they have all the restrictions of of kachim kalam. They have to, and so on. Um, but even prior prior to that, if a person wouldn't have explicitly designated the flour or the dough to have been have kedushas damim, have extrinsic kedusha it doesn't matter, since according to the bartender learns like the the Russian Rosh second shot, since one's intention is ultimately to bring this bread as korbanos and eat the loaves as such, so everything goes after one's intention at the time of the kneading of the dough, and since his intention at the time of kneading is to use this as these special breads, so then they are exempt already now. Um, That assumes he's making it for himself, since his intention of course is establishing what he's going to do with this this uh, dough once he cooks it into breads. However, lim kor if what this fellow is doing is um, he has a business, he stands outside the base of mikdash and he prepares the various types of breads for people who are coming to bring korban todah or nazirim. Um, and he'll sell the breads to them, and they'll take it to the base of Mcdush. again. Such bread, of course, hasn't been sanctified. Um, not haktash yet. He's waiting to see who will take it. And in fact, I mean here's the, the essential point if for whatever reason no one buys his bread today, he'll just take it home and eat it himself, not as part of a, an offering, not as a corbin. So that being the case, and the time he does the kneading of the dough, he's not committed necessarily that this should ultimately become haktesh. He's going to wait and see what he sells. And that being the case, Limkor bashuk, if he's preparing this dough to make as breads for a todo or for a nazir, but he's going to sell it, then Chayev, he must take challah from the dough preparation because it's, he's making conventional bread, baked in an oven, etc.